Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we educate and inspire people to live fuller lives through mindful practices. Let's get started with your host, New York Times contributor, leadership advisor, sought-after keynote speaker, the author of the Amazon hot new release, Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. She's smart, strong, sassy, and a trendsetter in the field of mindful leadership. Your host, Holly Duckworth. Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Mindfulness Show. We have a very timely show planned for you today. We are going to talk about your personal business impact. And we're calling the show Impact Interrupted because our special guest is really bringing his gifts of growing, getting, and giving. He is a 20-year business and finance expert, 30 years as a coach. More importantly, he is a father of two beautiful children. He lives in one of the most beautiful places on the planet, BC in Canada. This is my friend, Mike Skripnik. Mike, welcome to the show. Hi, Holly. I'm, I'm ecstatic to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. You know, you got a little bonus because most of my guests, we don't get get to pregame the show, but I was so excited that we did, we did just, you know, we know each other from big Zoom calls and conversations, which is what a lot of people are doing right now. Um, but you can only get to know somebody so well on a Zoom, Zoom call with a lot of folks. So we took some time yesterday to just kind of get to know each other. And, and you said something that really resonated, and I think it's going to resonate with our listeners. It's this idea of people are feeling robbed right now. You know, kids aren't getting their graduations. People, uh, you know, they're, they, that contract, that big contract they signed now is vaporized. You know, how can we talk about them renewing their impact and, and restoring their passion? Yeah, it's funny because you let off. I mean, I know that was the epiphany from our conversation was impact interrupted, right? Um, and that sense of feeling like something was taken from people, I think there's a big emotion of that. I, I guess we don't want to get too far off because Ellen DeGeneres and saying people got robbed. Like this is not <laughs> from a timely standpoint. It's kind of funny. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, from an impact interruption, uh, people truly are feeling that. Uh, and a lot of people, like think about the timing of the year as well. People work really hard in January, February. And March and they start to look forward to their, their, their March break and their spring breaks and they've worked to get real momentum in their businesses or their lives and not all and then they are usually rewarded with this kind of this timing and yet we all have had to deal with this tremendous impact of uh, this virus and this crisis and so suddenly people's plans for personal um, relaxation rejuvenation combined with the business momentum they had built, um, all got interrupted, got stalled. 
And I think there's a big sense of that. Then people are just confused as to, you know, should I be just relaxing and, you know, enjoying my life and just going about it as if it were a break in the action or should I really take advantage of it? But there's just the sense of it's just something was removed or taken away. You know, I hadn't really thought about it that way, but it is, it is interesting. We do use that first quarter to, to get, to get the, the ball going so we can take, take summer break. And that may look different this year. Um, that's, and, and it didn't start today. Like our summer break didn't start because we've had this isolation. So, you know, people are a bit confused. It's perplexing. We were talking yesterday about um, this being an invitation to recommit to our passion. And that, you know, in mindfulness, we talk about, you know, it can't be, you can't be anticipating grief in the future. You can't be mourning grief in the past, but we really, we have to make the best impact personally and professionally right now from that love and that passion, restoring that passion. So as a business coach, I'd be, be curious, what are your thoughts right now about helping folks look into what lights them up? Well, this, these type of times are really revealing. You know, uh, a dozen years ago in, when the financial crisis hit, my life, uh, the life I had built, the business I had grown, and I was working in um, tirelessly, uh, it was revealed to me that I, it, I wasn't living my passion every day. I wasn't connecting with what was important to me. I wasn't attending to my values that I espoused on the weekends and evenings during my weekdays. And uh, for me, it was, it was like the tide went out and my, and you know, my business underwear was revealed. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and I was looking down going, this is not the life I wanted. And, and so it, it took a big uh, goal for me at that time, you know, uh, to kind of reset and give myself something that connected and aligned with who I was, what I was really about and the impact I was hoping to have the world and 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 mine was you know give a million dollars to charity every year i tried to i didn't have a million dollars and i didn't know how to do it i was in the hoarding industry and not in the giving industry so i i had a lot to do but for me at the moment when i did that it brought everything that mattered to me in my life it, it brought it all together and made my my passion not just a weekends and, and evenings thing but a seven day a week and, and that purposeful existence allowed me to go forward and drive and build a big business and have a tremendous impact that far outreached my million dollar goal. For people now, this is the exact, these are the opportunities. These are the times. And sometimes they don't feel much like an opportunity because you're really struggling with all kinds of pressures and all kinds of things being revealed to you about what, what you thought was your life and what normal really was for you. But it's a great opportunity because everybody's in it uh, to wipe that slate clean and realign and become uh, focused on what motivates you, what drives you, what wakes you up every day and make that a priority and set goals around it so that you can begin to chip away at building a life that um, is more aligned with that. doesn't mean, you know, going off and it might, it might mean for some people going off and living in Bali and not doing anything. But um, for others, it may be the business or the orientation of your uh, daily routine uh, might have more purpose. And you're, you're, given, you're given permission to do that now. Uh, we, we could think about it, is, it's either impact interrupted or is this 
impact inspired. And I always like to break that word down in spirit. This time of quiet can be that opportunity to reconnect to that, that spirit, that energy, that essence that we are and, and set that goal that seems impossible. I was, was speaking with another coaching client this morning about our 2020 vision boards. You oh, know? Yeah. And, and is this that time that you're going to shred the board and start over? Or do you just recommit to it in a new way? What's your take on that? Well, I have these things called wows. When people go to my <laughs> events, instead of the aha, I say the wow. And it was always because I would sit in audiences going, wow, I could do that. Or wow, that's not so impressive. I could do, you know, um, and I have a way of working through that. And I put the wow I could do's in a big column. And so think of our vision boards and, and what we may have thought were our priorities might just be a list of things we could do, right? And then I move those across and shorten the list to a should do list and then move the last and most important thing into a will do list. So I think what may happen is we may be revealing to ourselves that our vision boards or our big goals or our big ideas, uh, a lot of the things just aren't as important as we thought they were at the time when we put them together. And there may be in fact more clarity as to what really matters to us in our, in our lives, in our business. I, I talked at the beginning of the year, one of my, my word phrases was do less better. I love it. That, you know, your book, grow, get, give life, you know, grow your business, get more freedom, give back. I love that because there's a simplicity about it and a, and a process. Talk to us. I know there's 91 strategies. If I can't do all nine and I'm going to do less better, what, what's some way we could, you know, honor this work and still find impact in these times? Well, I kind of, it's, it's funny because there is a logical sequence to this. And when I work with people, I find that that's, you know, people are, I can't either grow and that was usually make in business. It's, I can't make enough money. In other words, my message isn't connecting with my customers in a way that it should. And then there's the get more freedom, which is I've, I'm finally busy enough, but I don't, I work on Sunday nights at 11 at night. I, I, have, I need to take time away. So I need more freedom. And the interesting part is these things all uh, might, when you get them all working well, people begin to step away from their business. When you make enough money, make the money that you're choosing and you're having the success you want and you have the freedom and the time, the mental time, you are able to step back and wonder, well, I always wanted to make an impact in a certain way. And how will I give? How will I give to myself? And I, and I used to talk philanthropically only, like only about giving to charity. And then over time, it evolved like anybody. And I thought, boy, it's really also about if we're not well, other people around us aren't well. So how do you give back to yourself, right? When you're in a position where you have that opportunity to consider it, how are you giving back to yourself so that you're giving more to your family and you can give to the community and give to the world around us, the larger world at large? And, and, and it all boils down to that. And so growing and getting are all about relieving the busyness in your brain and relieving the urgency in what you sense as an entrepreneur or business owner uh, to give yourself some room so that you're allowed to think and consider uh, those things about giving back to yourself, your community, your family, and the causes. So, 
you know, it's, uh, it's so intertwined and everybody that I work with are in very different places. They need, it's like a bunch of levers, right? You either pull on your grow lever harder or you pull on your get lever or push up your give lever, whatever it is. Um, they're kind of like levers and wherever the opportunity lies is what we address first. So what's one way you relieve your busy brain? <laughs> I, I, I like, we live in one of the most amazing places and uh, biking is one of, they have one of the most incredible biking trails on the planet are really here. And I love mountain biking, but uh, it's a little extreme out here. It's more than the average bear. <laughs> and, uh, and, and what it does for me, and, and this is a book called Flow. Uh, there's, there's all kinds, but finding that flow for me, when you find those moments where you're concentrating on nothing else but the task at hand, and sometimes it can be work, right? Uh, that's for me where I get that mindfulness, that, that break from my brain is, you know, and, and the good thing about a, a danger sport like downhill races, riding bikes, uh, is you do have nothing else to focus on other than, you know, getting through the moment, which is self-preservation, but also being in that, in that flow at the speed. So it's just one of those things. Whenever I can find a place where my mind is solely focused on one thing, I feel free. I feel like rested. It's, it's an interesting paradox, I think. That's the impact zone. You impact. know, we really, we can't be everything to everyone all the time, no matter how much our, our human giving nature wants to, that, you know, it's, I think that's part of the, the growing up cycle of, of, of human nature is, you know, finding that, that, li that little niche that, you know, we can't be everything to everyone, but we can be everything to that one, that one person. Um, I spoke to a woman yesterday who's just in this pandemic, she's starting a foundation and she just broke my heart open. She's starting a foundation for um, folks who have had thoughts of suicide. Mm. And this is, this is come to find out as she unpacked this whole thing. She had had that experience a few years, years ago, and she had to you know, move through her process with it. But now it's her opportunity to, she's going to grow a business. She's going to have a new, new sense of expansion in her life. And she'll be able to give back an impact. So it, it really is so much good is coming out of this pandemic, even if we don't want to see it that way. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I helped that lady write her book uh, a number of years ago. And her specialty is working in the human design space. And her real skill is she was a businesswoman before her own personal medical issues. And as she rose back out and became healthy and well and functioning again, uh, she looked around and realized that she's still driven to be in business and run businesses. And uh, for her, she helps others who, you know, kind of have go through this. And this is one of those periods of time where people are going to go through a lot of stuff. And if you have other challenges that amplify are amplified by this or exacerbated by this, you really uh, will be seeking what your identity is on the other end of this. But you know, as we all understand that once you get to the other end of a crisis in any way, um, we look up and we go, well, we have a life to live. <laughs> you know, I have a good friend who had brain cancer and then lived and then uh, spent all his money traveling the world because he thought he was going to die. And then, then, you know, for 11 years, he, um, he had to figure out how to rebuild his life. Then he had the problem again or the, another tumor. 
removed it and he's been fine for the last 16 years. And it was one of those, oh darn, I live. Now I have to bring myself back into the, you know, functioning. I have to pay the bills. I have things to do. I have to excel. And, and so it's just an interesting, interesting time. And we get to do this maybe without all of us being ill, maybe without all of us struggling. We just happen to be suppressed for a moment, you know, that interruption that we're talking yeah, yesterday we talked about deconstructing to reconstruct. Mm, mm-hmm. And we didn't get a choice <laughs> in, in the de- <laughs> deconstruction phase of this. Yeah. You're, you're coming at us from Canada. I'm coming from the U.S. We've interviewed a lot of folks, and, I, and you and I both been on, on various shows touching, um, touching the globe. So, so we didn't have control of the deconstruct. But I hope that we use our impact and our inspiration in the reconstruction. I'm curious, what do you see as high, high possibility industries going forward? I got this question on that interview. What industries do you think are going to, going to thrive coming out of this? Oh my gosh. I think, I mean, I shared with you because I think it's really, other than uh, maybe how we communicate what I, I, I'll tell you right now, Holly, I looked into holograms because I want to understand how I can put myself in the living room or a group of people from a remote location, but it's prohibitively expensive right now. It's about 50,000 bucks for a unit. Um, but that's probably one really cool evolutionary step in uh, speaking and training and being present, even in performances. I know that there've been entire concerts in Japan that were holograms only, and uh, there weren't even actual real people on the stage. So that industry of putting oneself into a group setting without actually physically being there, that technology is here. Uh, it's just not affordable yet. So maybe that's a huge advance. Uh, the other area I see that is probably is just getting battered and uh, will continue to have some challenges and that's retail. You and I had this chat yesterday. We had a chance to talk about it. I think the face of retail, if you think of clothing stores, other types of retail stores, let's say non-essential retail, the storefront, the uh, idea of smart glass, the idea of technology and being able to shop without immersing yourself in a crowded store um, will uh, be the revolution of the retail industry. And that storefronts will still exist, but they'll be custom to you. They'll recognize what you need. And if you really want to, you can go in and try things on and have that physical experience, but they won't cater to it They'll give you the cater to your access and your immediate needs and then indulge you if you need that sense sensation. So, you know, I think retail is just going to be completely blown out of the water by this. And it's great to see in a good way, the evolutions and technological advances that can really help us. And I think, you know, maybe this is just my, my spin as the host of the everyday mindfulness show. I think it's going to, dissolve some of the the human to human interaction, but it's going to elevate when we are in human human contact. You know, we we used to think virtual meetings were going to do away with face to face. That certainly never happened, but it made face to face meetings more important. And I think, you know, grocery stores, I think that this shopping online thing, a lot of us wanted to try it, but we never did. Now we have maybe that retail experience in in groceries is going to change, but it's going to give us more time for more personal interaction because we're no longer spending that hour at the grocery store. Yeah. I mean, Amazon looks pretty smart, don't they? <laughs> you know, in their stores. 
you know, there, the other interesting thing, like think about this, Holly, you said this and it really hit me just now is uh, remember like old work environments and even a lot now, the cube farm, cubicle farms, right? They existed and sales organizations and big organizations had all everyone located in their cube farm, right? And, and then there was a massive pushback by the millennials on this, which is really an interesting thing, which then after they got tired of working at home and in coffee shops and the instability and lack of human connection, they started working in co-working environments, which really were glorified cube farms, right? <laughs> it was that whole need to get back in touch with humanity. The social requirements we have as human beings are so powerful. And how that, um, you know, even listening to Howard Schultz about Starbucks, his opinions about the coffee being, you know, being the third place, being a coffee shop, um, how is that going to change in terms of this physical distancing and our reluctance to be in great big crowds for at least the foreseeable future? So it's really going to be interesting to find out if we can, you know, because people after doing this for two months, what you and I are doing um, across North America and the world, um, they're, they're going to want to out, get out <laughs> and see other humans. So um, I'm really curious to see how this will go. I, I have no idea. I have no predictions on it. We, we talked a little bit about mid, mid-career folks. And, and really, I think it's, it's really anyone career folks right now. Um, I, yeah. you know, I read an article in the Wall Street Journal that we're, we're going to get to ask ourselves that question, am I going back to the job that I, that I left? And I, I tend to think the 80-20 rule applies in all things. I haven't decided if the 80% are going back to the same job or 20% are and 80% are changing. But, but either way, it opens us up to an opportunity to consider a business coach. You've been a coach for 30 years. Um, give us your thoughts. How can we support the audience if like, they've never had a coach, they want to have a coach? Like, what are the questions that they should start asking if they want to hire you or a coach in their area? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 30 years, I, between being a sports coach, coaching people and families on their wealth, and now strictly a business owner, uh, coach, um, I've covered a lot of the spectrum as well. And, you know, what you, what you have to understand is that coaching is a process uh, of getting the best out of you, um, but not a cheerleader process right? It's not the simple accountability that's built into your calendar. It's the insight that comes. If you're seeking a coach that may or may not be a fit for you and how I determine it with one, we have to share the value. And in my case, it's the value of impact. Um, we have a desire or an innate need to have a bigger impact in this world. So that's how we connect first and foremost. But then it's, what do you need? I provide very uh, deep experience in the financial markets and the business world. Um, but I have this business, I mean, the sports and this performance coaching side as well. So I bring a lot to the table with our coaching relationships, but there's amazing coaches. I had, I didn't become a great coach because I learned how on my own I was coached. Right. And, and I think one of the biggest things in coaching is understanding how coachable you are. So while you might be seeking the highest quality coach, that you can find and, and fit with um, your fit also has to be that you're willing to be coached, you know, and you're willing to have the humility that it takes to be coached to understand and admit 
there are things that you don't know, or maybe someone knows or more, are more object, objective about than you are at this moment. And that can really help. If you're in that pay, place and you can admit it and you have the humility to move forward and become very coachable, then a lot of coaches will actually fit really well for you. And then just finding the ones who kind of, I'm, I'm not particular specific to any niche business because you know, over 22 years in the financial services industry, I analyzed every single type of company that could possibly be, right? So I have a knowledge of that. It's more, um, I'm about mid-career people. People who were like me 12 years ago before I discovered how important it was to be uh, guided to the next level. Um, I don't know. Some people need yoga, some Yoda, some people need Mr. Miyagi. And right now... I just I hope the listeners of the show recognize that this is their time to keep a momentum mindset. And we're all, you know, it sounds a little cliche to say we're all in this this together, but on some level the, the carpet has been pulled out from under us. But a coach like you or like me or some of our colleagues in the C suite network can be that um that parachute, you know, that, that famous book, what color is your parachute? It's a book where you go through, you, you know, career planning or entrepreneur planning. Uh, but we have to be willing. I, I love your word choice there. Willing to be humble and to admit and to grow. Um, like I'm, I, the words that came through for me was surrender to your next level of success. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, we, you, you talked about mountain biking being such an aggressive thing. I live in Denver, home of the, home of the Rocky Mountains. A couple years ago, I set a vision to, uh, well, when I moved here, I said I was going to do a 14er. And in mountain speak, that's climbed to the top of a 14,000 um, foot mountain. And now I, I joke that, you know, this is just another mountain to climb. And whether it's 14, a 14er or a 20er or a, two, you know, like, we get that opportunity now to start looking at what's that next mountain we're going to climb. And for some, it'll be going back to that same job, but it's going to be a new mountain because because we can't go back. Uh, but this may also be your chance to to throw out a dart up that next highest plateau. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, what is, and it's gotten me wondering, and I've, I'm wondering out loud, and I keep writing it's in the chicken scratch I have, you know, what's my next million dollar to charity goal? What is that? what is my next big um, audacious, uh, you know, what's my mountaintop? So I'm even seeking that. I have uh, written so many different things down and scratched them and said, well, that's not, that's not it. There's something more. And I think we all have that opportunity and, and it's, it's something I really enjoy. I enjoy the process uh, of doing that. And people, when, you know, when they go to growgetgive.com, like they find me, they're going to be able to ask me some of those questions. I've been giving myself for the last month straight every single day uh, free. I'm giving myself, giving time to any entrepreneur, any business owner who has questions, concerns, challenges, or wants to see the opportunities in today's circumstance. I've just been, you know, message me and we'll arrange a call. It's that simple. It's not normally how I work, but at times like this, as I knew in the financial services world, uh, to be available, to be a voice of calm and reason and a sounding board who, with a little bit of knowledge, maybe some wisdom, uh, you know, that goes a long way for people. And I'm just, I'm just giving these days. And that was growgetgive.com. Is that where we would go to get your book? Yeah. Growgetgive.com. 
uh, to get um, me, my book, all my coaching information, anything you want to learn about me to reach out. Um, you can just go to Amazon and, and find Entrepreneur Secrets to a Grow, Get, Give Life. Uh, that would be great. You can get the ebook there. You can get the paperback. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Simple. Awesome. Mike, thank you so much for your yes to living a mindful life, to exploring the possibilities of being in this present moment and really truly understanding that maybe our impact was interrupted, but it can also be a time for our impact to be inspired. And I am so inspired by you and your story of that big million dollar goal and you broke it down and you got to it. And I hope that other listeners of the show will find a big goal that inspires them and they'll go after it as well. Holly, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me today. You're welcome. I hope you'll come back on to another episode, Mike. I know we have more to talk about. For sure. I want to invite the listeners to remember mindful matters and so do you. Make sure you listen to past episodes and share this message with your friends. Mindful matters and so do you. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more mindfulness every day, visit everydaymindfulnessshow.com and download the three-day challenge and experience the ABCs of mindfulness. Mm-hmm.